expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Time with Toto with your host, James Toto. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Time with Toto. This half-hour show is dedicated to our veterans and issues that involve them, local news here in Atlantic County and the surrounding areas, news happening in the great taxation state of New Jersey, national and international news, and how it will impact us here both as a state and nation. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube at Time with Toto. Please post any comments either for or against and why you have that position. My point of view comes from a middle-of-the-road point of view, just a few clicks to the right. I believe that the government and the legislators are there to serve the people and not the other way around. There is no such thing as a free lunch, so when people talk about the government handing out money, that money comes from our taxes. The more taxes we have, the more restrictive the government is and on our freedoms, and we become reliant on government programs. Please go to Time with Toto and let me know what you think in a clear and common sense fashion. I'm just a working class guy, a blue collar worker, and I would like to think that I represent a common sense logic that most people have. If you agree or disagree, let me know at Time with Toto. Since this is our voice and common sense discussions lead to solutions, as my wife says, either you're part of the solution or part of the problem. Don't be part of the problem. Now, one of the things I like to talk about here on the show is veterans' issues. And VA's, the new VA Secretary, Dennis McDonough, has got a lot of different issues to contend with as he takes over his secretary position. Sexual misconduct, treatment of women veterans, vulnerabilities of veterans in cyberspace, and the way VA health facilities, especially state veteran homes, have handled the COVID-19 situation. They're also dealing with different things that are going out there with violent extremism among veterans and curbing suicide among veterans are some of the top issues that the new secretary, Dennis McDonough, has to deal with here with the VA. Now, those of us who are lucky to uh, live here in South Jersey, we have got some phenomenal facilities for our veterans. The three big ones are Northfield, Rio Grande, and Vineland. If you do know of a veteran that's having an issue please reach out to either Pat Carney or Jackie Hinker. Patrick's phone number is area code 302-358-9736. And Jackie Hinker's phone number is 302-304-5509. Now, if you know a veteran that's having an issue out there, please do not hesitate to reach out to them, talk to them, or give their number to the veteran who is having an issue that's out there. Veteran suicide is one of the the top issues that veterans are dealing with out there. Uh, there's also a crisis line. That phone number is 1-800-273-8255. There, you can also go online to www.veteranscrisisline.net. And we'll be right back after this short break. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us all, but we can turn worry into action. Wear a mask and keep six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you're sick. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Time with Toto, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Time with Toto. I'm your host, James Toto. In Atlantic County News, uh, we've got a bit of a race growing here for the assembly seats on the Republican side of the ticket. Uh, At the top of the ticket is going to be Vince Palestina, more than likely for the the Senate position to replace current Senator Chris Brown. There are 
currently four people who are vying to become the Republican candidates for assembly. We have John Risley, who is the current county commissioner, Don Guardian, former AC mayor, Jesse Kurtz, who is the current Atlantic City councilman, and Claire Swift, who is a former deputy attorney general. And on the Democrat side, we have Vince Maggio, who is more than likely going to be running for Senate, the current Assemblyman John Armato, and more than likely, it's looking like Karen Fitzpatrick, who is a current county commissioner, will be stepping up to run for Assembly. The Republicans will be having their convention March 20th, and it looks as though the Democrats will be having theirs the day after on March 21st. And it looks like uh, both sides have uh, a good bench strength, and it should be interesting to see who they put forward. Speaking of of races that are a little bit heated and and contested, it looks as though in Atlantic City during the week, Harry Hurley had one heck of an interview with Marty Small. I would suggest you go on the podcast, uh, go onto the WPG website or uh, the app, and go into Hurley's file in there and look up the interview he had with Mayor Marty Smalls. Mar- Marty Smalls is quite fiery in this. And he was just lobbing bombs at one of the other candidates, hopefuls, who is Tom Foley. Uh, if you can, just go on that podcast. Hurley had one heck of an interview there. It was very interesting. Marty Smalls was uh, just basically taking no prisoners in this interview. It was quite candid. And he was... Not shy about sharing his feelings and emotions on on what was going on there in Atlantic City. So I suggest you get on the the uh, Hurley podcast, click on that interview, and uh, I'll tell you what, it was very informative and extremely entertaining. And we'll be right back after this short break. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Time with Toto, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Time with Toto. I'm your host, James Toto. And in national news, it looks as though Texas is joining a couple of other states there in reducing the mask mandate, uh, basically opening up 100% and doing it with the masks. And it looks like it's, 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 it's causing quite a bit of a controversy here nationally. All around the country, governors and mayors are calibrating what is feasible and what is safe and what is politically practical. The leaders are basically going to be relying on people to be responsible for themselves. I'm in full agreement with this 100%. I really have no no problems with that. You know, there are certain areas I wear a mask in just out of respect for other people. Other than that, you know, I spend, if I'm by myself, 
one of the things that I do find amusing is when I see somebody walking by themselves or they're out there walking their dog or they're riding their bike and they're, they're by themselves. There's no one around and they're wearing a mask while walking, jogging or riding a bike. Now, if it's for warmth, that's one thing. But if they, you're, I don't know who they're trying to protect. And one of the more amusing things I see is someone who's in a vehicle by themselves wearing a mask and driving and trying to clear their glasses from fogging up. Now, this move by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he's basically trying to get people to reinvigorate the economy out there in Texas. Because let's face it, New York is basically dying on the vine. California is in such shambles right now. The homelessness that's in California, unemployment is through the roof, and it's it's quite serious. And the suicide rate is just on the rise, you know. It's amazing to look at the numbers. If you look at the numbers nationally, just just amongst teenagers who aren't in school and look at what they're going through, the suicide rate is higher than the number of folks or the number of of young people who are dying from suicide over COVID. So there's there's a lot that goes into this. You know, public schools are 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 have been in in school. I do not know why our public schools cannot go back. Our kids need to be back there. And I think we really need to send a message to the NJEA, the NEA, whoever's going to listen to us. Look, they, they need to be back in school. The uh, The transmission rate amongst kids is extremely, extremely low. If teachers are getting it from what I've been reading on, and now mind you, I'm not a doctor and I do not claim to be one. More than likely, they do get they contract the virus from outside the school, not in it. So I think it's time that uh, everyone put their their big people pants on and go back to work. And other things nationally in the news, there's been quite an, a lot of talk about the immigration laws under this Biden administration and and what's really going on at the border. It seems as though um, I was reading one of the numbers. I think it was either it was either 108 or 111 illegals that came across the border, tested positive for COVID-19, and then got on buses and came across the country to Delaware and to New Jersey. And this is, I, I do not understand how this president and the governors of those states that those people are going to be traveling to can stand by and watch this happen to our fellow Americans. I do not understand this. And to top it off, besides, you know, getting a bus ticket, they're also being given cash for travel expenses. I just, I I find it a brain dead move. And we'll be right back after this short break. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, I'm Kelsey Grammer. Wounded Warrior Project supports injured veterans by connecting them with fellow warriors, by serving them through mental health and wellness programs, and by empowering them to live on their own terms. No one should face a battle alone. Join us at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Time with Toto, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Good Saturday morning and welcome to Time with Toto. We have with us a very special guest. His name is Frank Morano. He is a former producer for Joe Piscopo's show, and he is currently on the other side of midnight on one of the other uh, New York radio stations, 77 WABC. Frank, how are you doing this morning? 
I'm doing great, James. James, you know, I am a, a big fan of yours in general. And now that you're on the radio, I, I think uh, a great radio station uh, just got a little bit better. I'm a big fan of WPG. I listen to Harry Hurley quite frequently. Harry's a friend as well. And uh, you have an insight not only into South Jersey politics, but uh, what's happening in terms of military affairs, national security issues, and a host of other issues. And you do it with a sense of humor and a sense of questioning that's uh, that's all too rare in radio. So uh, my only problem with your show is that it's a little too short. I wish you were on longer and every day. But uh, I'm glad that you're on. Uh, South Jersey needs to hear your perspective. And uh, I listen online frequently from New York, but it's great to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And it is you yourself have such a different perspective on everything that's out there. I mean, your your insight and just the way you look at things, uh, I really respect it. And uh, I'm a fan of yours. I really am. And I, I follow you in the morning. I, I go into work really early in the morning. So I'm I'm with you before Juliet is. And cause I, I know you and Juliet <laughs> Huddy, you guys got your show going together. And uh, I'm on with you. Uh, I'm with you before she is. So uh, <laughs> I'm lucky well, that way. You're, you're very kind, James. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I've actually been surprised. So I'm on now every day from 1 a.m. to 6:30 a.m. In the last 90 minutes, I'm with uh, Juliet Huddy, as you mentioned. Thank you for mentioning that. But uh, I've actually been surprised at how many people are up at these crazy hours, commuting, working, doing whatever. And uh, people that work early mornings or at night, they want quality live and local talk just as much as everybody else does. does. So I'm thrilled that the station has given uh, me an opportunity to be on and speak to all these folks that uh, up until now really haven't had uh, anybody to speak to them. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, your your insight and the the comments you make about what's going on in New York City, it's, it's really, it's an inside track view of what's going on. So what's really going on with, with governor Cuomo up there and, and how's he dealing with uh, your mayor up there? Well, okay. So you, you asked two very good questions, right? So let me answer the, the second question first, the, um, the relationship between Cuomo and de Blasio is awful. De Blasio, for anybody that doesn't know, is the the mayor of New York city and he ran for uh, president in 2020 for about 10 seconds. Um, the, the relationship, there's always a natural hostility between whomever the mayor and the governor is, particularly when uh, they're of the same political party. You saw it with Mario Cuomo and Ed Koch. saw it with George Pataki and Rudy Giuliani. You saw it with Nelson Rockefeller and John Lindsay. Whenever you have a mayor and a governor, same political party, there's, there's fights over resources and power because – New York City, as much as they, we hate to admit it, we're totally dependent on the state to do anything. We can't even really raise and lower our own taxes without permission from the state. Also, New York City is the biggest media market in the world. So uh, whether it's policing issues uh, or homelessness or issues related to schools, the mayor ends up getting a whole lot of attention, which if you have an ego like Governor Cuomo does, that really grates on you. So there's always a natural tension. But um, Cuomo has poured an accelerant on the smoldering flames of the natural tension, the likes of which we haven't seen in generations. Now, these two men know each other for decades. Uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo was Bill de Blasio's boss in the Clinton administration. Cuomo was head of HUD, and uh, de Blasio was 
you know, worked for him as the regional director of HUD. And uh, according to Cuomo, Cuomo, I think, still thinks he's de Blasio's boss. De Blasio does not view it that way at all. They've had uh, a horrible relationship that has really um, been uh, a tremendous setback for the residents of New York City. I'll just give you one example, and then uh, I'll move on to um, uh, the first the first question you asked, and then do my best to answer whatever other questions you have. The the during uh, in the aftermath of nine eleven, and I lived in, and worked in New York during nine eleven. We had a mayor and governor that historically never got along, uh, George Pataki and Rudy Giuliani. But both of those men were mature enough to get together in the aftermath of this crisis and said, it doesn't do anybody any good for us, for you to go out and do your separate event, me to go out and do my separate event. Let's make our offices one. And every single announcement you make, I'll be there. Every single announcement you make, I'll be there. And there was a unified message which really redounded to the benefit of New Yorkers. Now, you compare that to how Cuomo and de Blasio have handled this pandemic, a similar crisis in magnitude, and it's a study in contrast. Uh, Bill de Blasio says, all right, from now on, every New Yorker has to shelter in place. Andrew Cuomo comes out a couple hours later and says, oh, no, they don't. Nobody has to shelter in place. Only I can give that order. Uh, Bill de Blasio comes out and says, we're, we're canceling schools. Uh, Andrew Cuomo just comes out and says, oh, no, you're not. Then uh, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo comes out and says, uh, we're, we're closing school. We're opening schools. Bill de Blasio says, no, 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 you can't do that. I mean, this constant conflicting messaging on issues that are really important to New Yorkers. And these are a lot of New Yorkers that don't care about politics. They just want to know if they're going to be able to go to work or send their kids to school. Um, it's really been so confusing and so frustrating. Now, as far as Andrew Cuomo's most recent problems, it's death by a thousand cuts. It'll be a real shame if the narrative that's written about this is that Andrew Cuomo, uh, his political career cratered because of a sexual harassment scandal, because there's really so many more factors here. So you have a situation where Andrew Cuomo, the longest serving governor in the United States right now, has been a bully his entire career, and he has governed through the use of intimidation, vindictiveness, and uh, in general, a mean-spiritedness, which is much more uh, fitting for 1950s Tammany Hall than it is the 21st century. And as soon as his fellow Democrats and as soon as uh, fellow journalists or journalists saw some blood in the water and saw that he was weak, they pounced on him like uh, like sharks looking for blood in the ocean. Now, it's easy to forget, but a few months ago, back in April, Andrew Cuomo had a 70 percent approval rating. He's one of the most popular governors in America, the face of the pandemic. And now he's at 38 percent. But it has so much more to do. Uh, than with factors other than the sexual harassment situation. You have the nursing home scandal, the cover-up of this nursing home scandal. You have the fact that he chose to mock uh, a fellow Democrat, uh, Ron Kim, who's very popular with the Asian community. It's uh, death by a thousand cuts, and that's why it doesn't look like anybody is sorry to see what's happening to him right now. Does it have the appearance as though... They're using one scandal to overshadow another scandal or it because everyone is talking it, about. It, the, that's, the, such, that's such a good question, James. And, and I think the answer is, is yes. Now, um, it's, it's amazing to me watching uh, the, you know, this person calling for an investigation, that person calling for an investigation, this journalist, uh, that journalist in that um, 
there's so much more attention being paid to these three accusations of sexual misconduct, which I'll be honest, and this is not going to be a popular thing to say, um, to, to quote Alan Dershowitz, I think on a scale of one to 10, what Cuomo is purported to have done is about a two and a half, maybe a three. Um, he didn't touch anyone, didn't hurt anyone, at least not physically. And yet there's so much more attention being paid to that right now because of the sensationalistic nature of these allegations than there is to his role in the nursing home scandal, which resulted in 15,000 people dying and the governor and his staff lying about it uh, to the public and to uh, state legislators. And uh, the fact that he then admitted, or at least his, his top aide admitted that he lied about it to avoid a criminal investigation. Now, to me, that is a scandal of epic proportions. And the fact that we're talking about whether or not he asked a, a girl or a young woman in her 20s about uh, whether or not she liked to have sex with older men uh, and she was offended and she perceived that the governor wanted to maybe have sex with her. Now, that's all unprofessional. It's not something the governor should be doing. But you compare that to what he did with this nursing home scandal, in my judgment, there's no comparison. Right. And it's it, here's what I find completely... Um completely ironic is that the from what i read the attorney who represented um de blasey ford is representing the the women who are accusing andrew cuomo of sexual harassment so the, the, it seems as though there there's a coup going on here against you know uh as uh rich valdez calls him essential andy cuomo <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to Rich Valdez, who's very good with uh, with the monikers for a lot of these folks. You're, you're right. I think, um, you know, there's, there's sort of a cottage industry of attorneys, crisis management experts and others on both sides of issues like these. And uh, for whatever reason, right now, uh, Andrew Cuomo, I think because of his high profile nature, He's the guy, and he's the guy in the spotlight that uh, a lot of the people that are involved in issues like this, including attorneys, the, he's the story right now, and that's who folks are gravitating to. Right, and it looks as though the uh, the the interviews he gave yesterday, he it looks like he's re looking to retain his Emmy Award because the the acting that he did on that stage <laughs> was just insane. He he deserves another Emmy for because his performance was a absolutely incredible. About you know. He's apologizing, but yet he didn't do anything and he just doesn't understand. And, you know, he, he wants to, you know, if he offended somebody or if he, you know, did something wrong, he's apologizing, but yet he didn't do anything. So the guy. Well, I'm still waiting for this apology for the 15,000 New Yorkers that died because of the, the governor's order on uh, sending COVID positive patients to nursing homes. The, the, you know, when they asked the governor if he wanted to apologize for that two or three weeks ago, he said he apologized for not doing a better job communicating essentially what a great job his administration was doing. That, to me, was the most offensive, insulting thing, uh, you know, in, as, as a New Yorker. At least give us a token apology. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was, uh, I agree with you, it was a, a sight to behold yesterday. Yeah, his or the, last week, I should say. His lack of responsibility uh, for the the deaths in the nursing homes is almost as bad as, as Phil Murphy. I mean, Murphy holds the record, I think for, for nursing home deaths uh, between the two, his, his record is just absolutely abysmal. So th those two are, are tied together. Uh, the one thing I could say for Murphy is that at least he, you know, he said, yeah, he, he, I think he, did he admit that he screwed up or, you know, 
it's it, it's amazing how those two are tied together, and yet Murphy's just going to sit there and watch Cuomo sink. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out in the governor's race in Jersey this year. Uh, the, the Cuomo or or whomever ends up running for governor in New York has until next year to uh, get a handle on these issues. But I'd be curious as to your take how you think that's going to play out with uh, New Jerseyans this year. I think it's going to be a tight race between Chitterelli and Murphy. I really, it, it's a lot tighter than what it should be considering how bad Murphy has done for the state. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people are unemployed and yet he raises the tolls on, on the highways. That was just such a, a brilliant move on his part to, you know, here's, here's a little salt for the wound and it, it, it doesn't help the healing at all. Um, you know, Atlantic city was, was dying down here on the vine. We, we were, you know, our restaurants, our small businesses are, are just suffering. I don't see how Murphy's going to come out of this election. Um, Jack Chitterelli is a very smart man. He, you know, he's had two successful businesses. He was good in the assembly. He was a great representative. The guy's a hard worker. He's in, he's extremely knowledgeable on so many different, um, subjects. And his ability to communicate with people is just, he's amazing. He, he's really, he's, he's great to be in a room with. If you ever get a chance, you got to hear um, Chitterelli's Lincoln speech. My mom's got a crush on him. I mean, the, the guy is just, <laughs> <laughs> he, he really is, uh, he, he's the complete package. And I think he is, you know, part of the cure for New Jersey. I really do. And I, I think he's got a good plan and he wants to get New Jersey out of debt and, and, and back to work. So, in, in in speaking of Atlantic City, when are you coming back down here again? I am working. On, I, I'm, uh, I have a request, a scheduling request into my wife today. So I am hoping, hoping uh, by the by Sunday, I will have a date for within the coming three weeks. But believe me, you are the first person uh, that I am going to be letting know uh, exactly uh, once that schedule gets finalized. How are things down there now that they've um, eased some of the restrictions in terms of restaurant capacity and curfew? Uh, are things slowly getting back to normal? Slowly. It, it, this is a slow time of the year right now. It's uh, it, it's that odd part of the year. It's it's we're not completely out of winter. We're not you know, we're not into spring yet. We're at that that real weird moment down here where people are starting to come in a little bit you know there's there's sports are just starting to pick back up you got baseball season with, with the um their preseason well games. i'm happy to hear that uh, obviously uh, i know atlantic county new jersey has been one of the most um you know you know one of the most uh affected counties in the entire country by this pandemic and the economic ramification of this pandemic and uh, a lot of workers, a lot of residents have really been hurt. So I'm happy to hear that things are slowly getting back to normal. Yeah, the uh, the, the restaurant businesses, you know, they're picking up. And it looks like in, it, the small town that I live in, in Summers Point, even the restaurants are talking to each other. Is, you know, well, look, we want to close one day a week. So one, one bar and restaurant's closed on Monday, one's closed on Tuesday, another one's closed on Wednesday. And they, they've been working. It, it seems as though they're talking to each other going, hey, look, you know, instead of both of us closing on Mondays, you know, why don't I take Monday, you take Tuesday, or, you know, I, I take Tuesday, you take Wednesday. So it, they're working together to get through this whole thing. And it's, it's really, I, I hope to God for the restaurant workers and, and for the businesses in general, it turns around and uh, we have a great summer ahead of us. Uh, we're really hoping for it. Yeah, I, I obviously I hope so too. 
but uh, I know you've been uh, very vocal on not only on this show, but everywhere, talking about the difficulties that uh, Summers Point, Atlantic City, and all of South Jersey has been experiencing. Uh, so uh, I, whatever I, we can do to help in terms of tactical air support from New York, uh, let us know and we'll be there. You got it, brother. Thank you so much for being on with us. Frank, as always, you are awesome. And that wraps it up for this Saturday. I appreciate you being here with me today, and thank you for spending your time with Toto this morning. I hope you have a great day. God bless. 95.5 FM and-